Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Lights Out. We didn't it's... say that in the last episode. Did we not say the name? It's Lights Out. And away we go. Um, Gangster. The... We're talking about Mercedes this time, aren't we? We are. Yeah. The previous episode we did on um, car liveries, bit of um, Drive to Survive, and a bit of silly stuff at the end. There was a question at the end. This episode, Mercedes. 2022, and anything else that comes to mind. I think everything Mercedes. I did want to talk not just 2022. Okay, well, you can talk everything before I knew about... F1, you can get yeah. into depth. Well, I think a lot of fans came in at 2017, 2018 from then. Yeah. A lot of new fans in like 2021 and stuff. Um, yeah. So a lot of people don't, people know Mercedes as being this like tycoon and being like the best team on the grid. But I don't think a lot of people actually know how they became so dominant. So they came back into F1 in 2013, 2012. 2010. Even earlier. 10. 2010. Yeah. So they, I thought they were only there for a couple of years before Lewis so, took his contract. Well, Lewis took his contract in 2013, so 2010, 11, and 12. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. was before. Um, so 2009, you had that fairy tale season with Braun, which was like a team bought for £1 by Ross Braun. Mm-hmm. Then in its first ever season, won the World Championship with Jensen Button and the Constructors, which was unbelievable. But the team didn't have enough money. So in 2010, Mercedes bought them over, sort of thinking that they were buying a title-winning car. But because in 2009, that team had no money, they had the best concept at the start of the season because it was a big rule change, but they couldn't develop the car. So they won like seven out of the first eight races with Jensen Button and then couldn't develop the car. And then Jensen Button won the world championship in like fifth place like he wasn't winning races near the end of the season mm. but he built such a big point gap at the beginning that he was able to win Dominant. so Mercedes bought the team in 2010 expecting big things and big things did not happen they had a rubbish car because their car hadn't been developed all season do you know who those two drivers were in the first season yes do you know who they were absolutely no? I bet was Rosberg in there yep and the at the time only seven time world champion Schumacher yeah. I did know that actually. I don't know why I didn't think of that. But yes. Yeah, okay. so so that was a big thing. So like Michael Schumacher had taken, he'd obviously left at the end of two thousand six. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to come back in two thousand and nine and two thousand eight, but he didn't really come back. Two thousand nine, not two thousand eight, sorry. And then um twenty ten he suddenly said he was coming back with Mercedes. So it was like two German drivers driving for a German team. It was big expectations. Big, yeah. big expectations. Um and the car was terrible. <laughs> right. and it was terrible in 2010 it was terrible in 2011 um, what were they what was they stru- what were they struggling with what was the thing that made the car everything. so everything so aero engine engine chassis. Was, so there was an engine freeze so engine was fine okay it's aero and chassis was awful they didn't know how to build a car that could not switch on and burn its tires out okay and 2013 was the first season they got it right which was Lewis Hamilton's first season and then so what's that what's that whole thing about they didn't develop the car for however many seasons or, you know, a couple of seasons or something like that. And they, so as in they didn't, they weren't progressing the car that they were in. But they what they did was on. they just worked on the like 2014, 2015 season car. Yep. And then that season just came out and it absolutely was like a game changer. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. To, so, yeah, pretty much. Um, so in 2014, the Mercedes power unit was like, 
the best. And if that was the first time they went from to the V6 turbo hybrid era. era. Mm-hmm. That sort of started back in 2010 when at first F1 announced they were going to four-cylinder engines. So it was going to go down from V8s to V4s, not turbo hybrids. A V4? A V4? No, it's not a V, sorry. It's just a four-cylinder. Four-cylinder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they sort of planned... They, so Mercedes started to build stuff for that. And then in 2011, the FIA said, no, we're actually going to go to V6 turbo hybrids. Why did they change so quick? That's such a random thing to... Because of, because they were trying to be more carbon neutral. And F1 is supposed to push technology in the right way. So the reason why all the cars, are, all like hybrid technologies improve so much, battery techs improve so much in the real world, disregarding you know what Tesla has done and everything. Um, F1 is a big reason for all that technology being developed. Mm. Um, it's massive. Yeah. So... Mercedes had spent loads of money on the, on the four-cylinder engine blueprints, a lot more than any other team. So they'd create these sort of like blocks for the engines and all that sort of thing. And then when they found out that they were actually going to a V6, Andy Cowell, the, um, he was like the chief uh, technical director at Mercedes, was just like depressed. And on that evening, he said he was having a glass of wine, really sad for himself because they put all this money into it. And then he made a promise that so this was announced sort of like mid-2011. By December 2011, they wanted to have a working V6 turbo hybrid engine. Cut to December 2011. And I think it took eight or nine startups to try and get the engine running. And they got the engine running, which is unbelievable. Like to, to build a V6 engine and a turbo hybrid engine and get it running by December in like a six month period is just a ridiculous amount of development. Mm. And the reason they were able to do this, so there's a lot of different factors, which is why Mercedes became so dominant. The reason they were able to do this was when they bought over, they knew they were going to be buying over Braun. So Braun were winning in 2009. They had this thing called a Kurz system, which was like a, a, a battery boost, yep. which I don't know if you know, it's like a push to pass basically. Yep. And Mercedes wanted to develop that all in-house. So they have a place called Bricksworth where they developed these en- the battery pack all in-house, which then meant that when the V6 turbo hybrid was announced, they then had all the technology available to them and all the facilities all in-house, where other teams had to outsource a lot of the stuff or build new facilities. They already had a lot of that technology there. So that really helped. A lot of other teams did that. So, where's it, so this funding, where's this funding come from then? So Mercedes Pocket. Just Mercedes Pocket. Yeah. Well, they're yeah. a big company, but... There's no cost cap, so... Yeah. All the money got spent. Why not go mad? So, and that was also another thing, actually, to speak. At first, they were just wanting to try and just spend as little as they could. And in 2010 and 2011, they tried to spend as little as they could. And then the car was awful. Yeah. And they realized that they're going to have to spend a lot of money. So that is actually, and so they actually had to, that was a big change in their, like, board's decision. And bringing in Toto Wolf and stuff was like, we're putting everything into this F1 project. Yeah. So then they get the engine working in Christmas and then Mercedes did something incredibly smart. Like this, one of the smartest things I think I've ever heard. And it's going to sound really obvious, like really obvious. Right. And you will be like, why wouldn't every team do this? But they want the first team to do it. So they decided to work on three different engines. The first engine was what they called the unbreakable engine. So it was about 100 kg, 107 kg over the target weight of their race engine. 
but it would basically be you cannot break this engine like you can run it at max and you can't break the engine and the reason why they did that was so that they could basically they're going to use that to develop performance so they're going to run it at the max they can run it and they want to see what can get the more and more performance at max thing without the engine just breaking down um, and there's a really funny story of Ross Braun coming in and he saw this like massive 250 kg like monster of a car mm. um, on an engine, sorry. And he was like, how is that getting in the back of the car? And then... Um, Surely it didn't fit in the car. No, it didn't fit in the car at all. <laughs> Can you imagine? And then Andy Cowell said, that's what we're working on next. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> but um, that, that was just Ross Braun was like freaked out by it. Um, yeah. And then, but that was always the plan for it to be like... This massive one, yeah. Yeah, just huge. So then that's the first engine they were developing. At the same time, they were also developing a second engine, which was extremely fragile. So it was, how much, how much can we cut this engine down to the point of it's almost about yeah. to break? And right. then... What... So, so, the, min- so the, the, the minimum amount of materials and... Thing. Yeah, stuff like that, with the maximum uh, potential. Yeah for speed and yeah and they basically would just stress test it and break it and just break it and break it and break it over and over again so they would work on reliability of the engine so that would mean that while they're working on reliability then working on the total output they're not affecting each other in any way which you would think is kind of obvious but no not teams didn't do this back in the day right and then the third engine they had was an amalgamation of both, which was like the best power they can get for the best reliability. And that was what became known as their race engine. So they blended the two. Two together. That's absolutely mental. Yeah. But no, but you say that that's, that's obvious. I don't see that. I don't feel like that's an obvious thing to do. It, it might not be. I mean, it, it, was, it, feel... wasn't, it wasn't obvious for the, the every no. technical director and every team. But so. the thing is, I think the thing with that is all the other teams will have an engine mm. that because it feels like that is Mercedes going back to completely square one which is yeah. and all these other teams will not want to either or, or have the funding to be able to go back to square one yeah. does that make sense so I feel like because they were like right we've got all this money we're doing absolutely terrible there's no reason we shouldn't but let's go all the way back to square one do a fragile engine how much can we get out of something that is going to break all the time a massive engine that is never going to break Blend the two together, yeah. and it will come. Uh, surely, it will come out with yeah. something just incredible, which it did. Which it did. And, and then when you... did they first run that engine? What year did they first run that one? So, so that was they were the aim was to get that engine ready for 2014, and they were looking at the numbers, and they were like, "These numbers are insane." They were hitting close to a thousand horsepower, which was absolutely insane for the time. Like nowadays, the cars are maybe like a thousand and something horsepower. Yeah. So this is like the first ever hybrid engines and they're almost hitting a thousand horsepower and they were like, this is insane. So then they, they, their goal was to win the world championship cut to the British Grand Prix 2013 and at Mercedes, they have a lighting system. So if something's on target, it's green and then it slowly, it slowly blends from green to yellow. If it goes a bit like warning and then yellow to red, if it's off target. Andy Cowell said he's never seen something in development that's been such a dark shade of red and at the 2013 british grand prix and their engine was not ready it was not ready in the slightest they as they thought that it's going to come to australia 2014 first race of the season mm-hmm. they thought that all eight cars who run a mercedes engine are not going to be on the grid 
so that would scare the living daylights out yeah. of me like the stress the stress would be so they high they genuinely thought that those cars won't be able to run they'd have to just do an outlap come into the pits they wouldn't be able to run the engine oh my god which is insane to think yeah, so they brought it first first race of the season when they're absolutely dreading it a bit yeah so so why did it end up running so well that doesn't so that's what that's what so it was all do you reckon it was a bit a bit of luck really well what they did was they ceased production of mm-hmm. everything that was non-essential okay and that's at the um the engine manufacturer area and they did an extra 10 hours a week every single worker did 10 hours a week extra um and the whole team structure was just like we have to get this engine working so what they would do is they would just test the car they, like so they they'd worked on reliability they'd worked on this big the big they'd made this race engine and what they did was instead of just trying to save money they took off all the safety features every single safety feature of the engine was taken out and they ran it like they'd run it in a race and if it broke they just had to build it and refix it and just pay whatever money it cost which wow. is so they spent money on this car yeah um and what the um what the chief technical director said was um they were able to test everything but they weren't able to test everything enough so they came to australia knowing that not having any idea if the engine was going to work because they they tested it with the gearbox and the gearbox couldn't handle the amount of power so they had to redesign the whole gearbox well go to the fia because gearbox is standard be like our engine's so powerful the gearbox can't take this get the fia to sign off on a redesign of the gearbox yeah and then build it, and they didn't get enough time to test to see if the gearbox would even be able to handle the engine. What, and it just got, luck. again, lucky? Well, not lucky. Sort of. Lucky. I mean, they put the work in, but they sort of did just get kind of lucky. Yeah. And they get into that first race of the season, Lewis Hamilton's engine breaks. <laughs> first race of the season. Shocking after, right. like, he literally pulls off the grid, and it's underpowered. Right. But Rosberg wins by 30 seconds. Jeez. 30 seconds, yeah. which was ridiculous. Considering they didn't even think it was going to work. Yeah. And, and, the, and the other engine went kaput. Yeah. Yeah. And throughout the season, they, they made, I think there was two steps that they've said that they've never, ever made such a step with an F1 car before. Mm. Um, and both those steps were to improve the reliability and make the engine run faster. Yeah. Um, so that's the engine side of it. And a lot of people think that the engine was the main reason for Mercedes' success in those early years. Mm-hmm. Because they're kind of like oh, Red Bull are the best chassis, but Mercedes had an unreal engine. So that's, that's not the case? No. And that's what, that's what... I don't think I've ever spoken to someone who's ever said that that not being the case. Right. But that's actually not the case. So you've, then, just, you've just dropped knowledge. Boom. Of the engine being in. So now you're about to drop some more knowledge. Boom. <laughs> Sorry, that's a big yeah. end. Okay, so, right. So chassis and aero is another thing that you think gets looked over. Yeah, on purpose. And I'll tell you why it gets looked over on purpose. So, in 2013, Mercedes finally figured out a way to get the tyres to work and not completely burn them out. And in the first half of the season, they won three races. Red Bull were terrified that Mercedes were going to take the title from them. So Red Bull completely overdeveloped the car. And I don't know if you remember in the first podcast, I was saying... 
I think Vettel's 2011 season is better than 2013 because the 2013 car was completely overdeveloped. Yeah. And this is actually true from a lot of reports of Red Bull engineers who've changed teams. They said that they were extremely scared of Mercedes. So they worked like day and night to get upgrades on that 2013 car out. But Mercedes didn't bring a single upgrade in 2013 to the car. Right. Because they were focusing on 2014. Yeah. Oh, so that's like what yeah. I said earlier. So it's like they decided to just completely focus on the next yeah. year and just forget about that year. They've, they've got a good enough car. Yeah. But let's just put all of our time and energy into the next season. Yeah. Because they were looking at the long term. And yeah. at that time, Red Bull were looking more at the short term because they'd had such unprecedented success mm. and they didn't want it to ever really end in that era anyway. So they'd figured out the issue that was with the chassis. And there was quite a big chassis change coming into 2014, but because they'd figured out how to work out the tyres, the chassis was also one of the best on the grid. However, when they got to the first few races of the season, everyone was talking about the engine and how good the engine was. So they made a conscious decision to always talk down their chassis, which is interesting. Very tactical. Because their engine did have such a margin. Yeah. What they would do is they'd purposely run a lower wing level, so lower downforce at tracks, which would make the engine look faster and the chassis look slower because they could do that, which would mean that people wouldn't realize their aero and their chassis were good. Genius. Which is so, so smart. Genius. This, the only ever time people actually clocked on that Mercedes had the best chassis on the grid was 2019 when the racing point ended up copying the Mercedes. That was the, so from 2014 to 2019, they were able to pretend like they didn't have, it was all the engine, they didn't have a great chassis. (laughs) That's just insane. And then now you know Mercedes. That is genius. And now you know Mercedes as being one of the like most innovative, best chassis designers. The 2020 car was unreal. Yeah. So for the longest time, they they were able to pretend that their chassis wasn't. And they were able to do that because the people who were in charge of the chassis said they don't mind they're being bad press about the chassis. Yeah. And they weren't proud. That's incredible. Which is unbelievably smart. So no one actually realised that they didn't have the best chassis. How can you not love this sport? It's so sick, honestly. It's just one of the coolest things I've ever heard. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) That's mental. It's absolutely crazy. So it's, it's mental that... Yeah, it's mental to think that everyone thought that they were doing a terrible job. Not terrible. Just, no, but... Just in, not the best job. Yeah, just not the best job you can do. And But then, and, oh, that's like... Oh, how do you explain it? It's like when you get the last word in or like you get the... It's like the whole, ha told you so. Or what's... Well, I don't know what It's kind of like getting the last laugh. Getting the last thank you. You're getting the last laugh. That's, that is brilliant. Unbelievable. I'm well annoyed you've not told me that before and you've only waited till now to tell me that. That is sick. Yeah, it's a great story. That's a great story. And um, you can see it in all the interviews and stuff. Mm. I think 2018 is when they sort of realise because then 2019 is when people start copying Mercedes. Yeah. But like for so long people just being like it's just the engine Mm. and then they've got a worse chassis than Ferrari. They've got a worse chassis than Red Bull. It's like no they didn't. They had one of the best chassis on the grid. And then they they proved it in 2019 and 2020 by having the most unbelievable cars ever. Hmm. What was the was it Racing Point again that copied the year before Mercedes in the when? Was it yeah, the Racing tw- Racing Point copied Racing Point copied the, yeah. the 2019 Mercedes in 2020. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think it was that one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. I mean, why and not? They were, and they, yeah, they copied. But they the, got hate for it, didn't so, they? So, but they copied it. They copied it, and then they were like what, the second or third best team on the grid. Yeah, for copying an, a year old car. 
Yeah. And people just didn't realise. Which is insane. That's incredible. Unbelievably insane. But that's a um that sort of shows a bit of the I think the history behind Mercedes's dominance, because I don't think a lot of people know that because if they've come from Drive to Survive, yeah. they don't realise what they've done and how people kind of underestimated them. Do you feel like do you feel like they've taken F one to different heights? If 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 that didn't happen, do you think F one would be as far as it is now? Do you feel like the the technology would be nowhere near the level it is now? No, I don't think so, yeah. I think that their especially their engine tech. Yeah. Because it's like it's like Messi and Ronaldo. Mm. They pushed each other to so much better than I think they would have ever been. Yeah. Because of that competitiveness to be the best between them. If it was just Messi there or just Ronaldo there, then would they have been getting 50, 60 goals a season? Mm. Probably not. Well, it's hard to say, but it's yeah, I mean, I mean, no, you're absolutely right. That is a very common, um, yeah, that's a very common like, thing to say that they they've pushed each other, which is great, and yeah. I hope they have. Nadal, Federer, and Djokovic. In that's true. That's a good. Yeah. I think that's a slightly better. Is it actually? Anyway, Probably you're the right. Same. Yeah, you you have to be pushed. You have, there has to be something yeah. to Max and Lewis. Max and Lewis pushed each other. Absolutely. To, to, um, Max brought out some of the best driving from Lewis that I'd seen since 2018. Mm. Yeah. Because you have to, because you have to step up your game. So they Crazy. definitely did, you know, they definitely did improve the tech in, that much further. Innovative. So 2022. 2022. We'll go on to 2022. Hard, hard, hard season for Mercedes fan. So, yes. But would you, but I keep hearing this whole thing about best of the rest. If, yeah. Would you say that's an accurate, an accurate... Uh, not, not, not at every track over the whole season, yes. Okay, best I've got, of the I've rest. I've got... Interesting question for you. Go on. So, Ferrari were 0.05% quicker over one lap than Red Bull in qualifying. Yep. Qualifying, yeah. And Williams were 2.5% slower than Ferrari over one lap, over one, oh, yeah, over one lap. Yep. How many, what's the percentage you think Mercedes was over one lap compared to Ferrari and Red Bull over the whole season? Um, tell me what the Williams one was again, 0. Uh, 2.5%. 2.5%. I reckon... The thing is, you ask me these questions and I always go, right, I'm going to think of something the craziest thing because it must be mental, but I feel like it's not going to be as mental as... What do you think? It's not as slow as you're thinking. Okay, 0. 0.45. 0.7%. Okay. Yeah. So 0.7% off the front is very slow. Yes, in... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, compared to being at the front for all those years. Yeah. So that is very... So... I guess percentages are a bit of a hard one because it's like, you know, if it was like a hundred seconds, if it was a minute and a half lap, mm. they would be a minute and a half point seven. I'm glad you're better at math. So seven yeah. tenths off. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah. It's a I mean, it's a hundred. A minute and a half is, oh my God, my, my math was really, it's a minute yeah, and 40. Terrible anyway. minute, one minute 40 point seven and seven tenths. They would have been like seven tenths slower over a one minute 40 lap. Yeah. Jeez. Which is a lot. When you put yeah. it like that, yeah. then you're like, wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Margins. But as a percentage, I can see why. Yeah. Um, and you had a bit of a joke about, you said you Oh, don't, mate. No, I'm not doing it now. Because I, I made a terrible joke the other week. That we had to cut out that we had made to... no sense in the podcast <laughs> that we were doing. And I'm not telling it now. No, you can't tell it. One, no, I'm not going to tell it. It's, it was never meant to be funny. And... I'm just, yeah, I'm not telling it. <laughs> you have to. You have to tell it. You literally have to tell it. <sighs> okay. It's a really bad joke. Nobody 
should laugh at this. It's not meant to be funny. It was meant to be a silly thing to say. It was it's, it was meant to be one of those jokes that's so not funny that it's funny. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, Haha, that's so bad. Okay. This sure. is the joke. <clears throat> Why were Mercedes so so slow this year, JJ? I don't know. Why were Mercedes slow, Adam? <laughs> you can't do that. Just ask you. I'm just asking. Why were they so slow? At I don't know, JJ, but they can't have done it on porpoise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so bad. Oh no, Coffin. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Oh it was. I don't know where I heard it. I heard it somewhere. I can't remember where I heard it, but I thought I would mention it. That's the. It's the best joke ever. It's the worst joke ever, but it's the best joke ever now. Now that we've said it, it's now the best joke ever. Yeah, yeah. No, they can't have done it on purpose. <laughs> it's just. So... Oh, it makes a little bit of sense. It does make sense, yeah. But it's just a really bad joke. Because they were porpoising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's move on to that. Have you got? Would you like to talk about the porpoising and yeah. the issue they had all season until they sl- they took a long time to get a grip a handle of it, didn't they? But eventually, mm. they started to go. Okay, we're starting to slowly... It was with the upgrades. It was learning the car and the, with the upgrades. The, the issue with the porpoising was their suspension had a really small window where it wouldn't... They had a small working window they could work with. Right. I thought it was to do with the fact that they changed the side pods, which meant the floor... It wasn't going under... The, or the floor was too wide or too big. Is so that right? the side pods sort of and sort of weren't. A lot of people like to focus on the side pods because it was so different. Yeah. And they like to be like, that's why. So it wasn't. But the, the main issue with the car was the suspension and it being so stiff. Okay. That was the main reason, the issue. Because the suspension basically had like no travel, which meant that on, especially on street circuits, you'd go over a bump and you just wouldn't be able to go over the bump well, cause the car to bottom out. And then you get the porpoising starting. Yeah. So that's why specifically at like Monaco, Baku, Singapore, any circuit that was really bumpy, the car would do awful at. In contrast with tracks like Spain, Brazil, uh, Mexico, which are all, well, Brazil had just been newly laid. Spain, a very smooth track. Mexico, relatively newish track. Very smooth. Less of that. So I think that the... Side pods are an easy thing to say that that was what was wrong with the car. Mm-hmm. But Mercedes are adamant it's not. And you can see with the new car, they've not increased the side, pod, the side pods by much. They've kept the side pods yeah. pretty quick. We call, pretty similar, haven't they? Yeah, we used to call the, we called the 2022 side pods a size zero look. This mm-hmm. is like a size 0.5. So they've gone a little okay. bit bigger. Yeah. But saying that, the side pods did have issues because, because the floor was so exposed... This is what I, where yeah. I think I was getting at. It was weak and flexing, which means it would flex and hit the floor and start the porpoising. Oh, okay. So they're not. So like, it is a little bit. So it is a little bit, yeah. But this wasn't the main issue. But because of that, they then had to thicken the floor quite a lot, mm. which added a lot of weight. And every sort of like, I can't remember the stat. I think it's every ten kg is about three tenths of lap time. Okay. So, you know, it, having to have a thicker floor is just not ideal. Yeah. And they had they brought they brought in those. I don't know if you ever saw those silver spokes to like yeah. connect from the side pod to the side of the car. That yeah. definitely helped because then they didn't have to have a heavier floor. But mm. you know, so the upgrades. What what were the what were the main things on the upgrades as well that helped? What were the main things? Um, well, that the spokes. The spokes. In. Anything else? Um, 
This is a tricky question for you. I. This is even testing your knowledge. This is testing my. This is testing my knowledge. Um, they ran these little skirts underneath the floor, okay. which would sort of be like a bit of a like stall point, so I couldn't fully just bottom out on the floor. Okay. And they found that out because science binned it in the gravel for Ferrari, mm. and they had to crane lift the car out, and everyone saw underneath the Ferrari these little skirts. And that's the reason why they were like, oh, that's what we should do. No way. And then even stupider, um, one of the Red Bull mechanics was like moving one of the floors and just walked out into the pit lane with the floor like this. Like, so with the floor basically on ex- exposed to everyone else. And they saw this like other new floor design and they were like, oh, so this is like a working thing then. And then that's yeah. why Mercedes did that. That was really stupid from a Red Bull mechanic. He just Very walked sick. out with the floor. Was he, I bet he was fired. <laughs> Probably not, but <laughs> I would fire him. I'd be like, "What are you doing, man? <laughs> you just I, showed everyone." I would be, I would floor. be, I would be livid if that if that had been me. But um, what's crazy is the fact that they you don't really see the floor of the car. Like, I, I, and there's so much that goes on with yeah. the floor, especially with these grand effect cars. The yeah. floor is so important. Well, it sounds. It, it, yeah. I thought that was the whole point. The whole point of these grand effect cars is that it will be the air goes under the car sucking it into the ground right so surely the bottom of the car is going to be yeah. so important yeah yeah it is yeah. but so what did Mercedes like do? Really, what did Mercedes really... do just have a completely flat floor no they would have had like little vents, but vents. It's, it's to do with how they designed the vents right it's just stuff that they wouldn't have thought about so like yeah. Red Bull had these little like metal sort of blocks as well okay in line with the skid block but it just kind of helped with that as well so mm. um it was little things like that. I'd like um, to see what the floor looks like in the 2023 car. Yeah, they wouldn't have run the proper floor in the 2023 car. They would have... Um, the, you never really run your full car. Then no. You just do like a little bit of a preview. Yeah. Or yeah. Red Bull would just get the last year car out. Yeah. And then pretend that it was. It's like, you're, so, you're such a liar. <laughs> um, such a liar. But I can't really... They tried to tweak the suspension a bit. But the main thing that they changed throughout the season was they just had to raise the car. They just raised it. The ride height was so high, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, they had to raise the ride height, which causes more drag, mm-hmm. all those sort of things. And then you would just lose downforce from raising it, yeah. which then meant that they had to run larger rear wings at every track. And that is why the Mercedes was so slow in a straight line. It was so slow in a straight so line. So draggy. So draggy. Because they had to run a bigger rear wing than other teams, and they had to run at a higher ride height and other teams hmm. which just made it like i think they were saying that they were losing up to like eight nine tenths a lap on on tracks like um usa do you remember what about in spa i have no idea no idea how much they were losing there but that's just how what they were saying down the camel straight oh it would have been awful it would have been horrendous awful. actually actually there there's definitely a few there was definitely quite a few times when russell got past pretty easy mm. down that straight yeah especially if a red bull was going past them. yeah red bull flew flew they yeah. flew because they have like no drag on that. But then car. actually, well, no, because they, um, Lewis got Lewis um, as he was going around the corner at the. It was on the first lap, wasn't it, of Spa? On the first laps after the cap, uh, Camel Street. Oh, he hit. Yeah, turned he crashed right into, into Alonso yeah. and then literally went up and smacked. Man, how much would that have hurt? That would have hurt that would so have... bad. Because they're like for people who don't know, like so an F one car, you're sitting with your feet up like. Um, up above your like probably in line with your shoulders and your yeah. butt's like pretty much touching the floor you're probably what a good three or four inches so maybe some people's seats are actually attached to the floor of the car um, especially George Russell because yeah. he's tall he'll be like that Lewis is a bit shorter so he's probably got a bit of a cushion 
but you hit the ground like that, that's yeah. going to hurt. Because so he, he, I mean, he, he probably flew up in the air a good, a good four or five feet, yeah. maybe, maybe more actually. Probably about four, five, six feet. Yeah. 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 And he lich and then just hit the ground so hard, and then yeah, he, um, yeah, he retired the car, didn't he? Whether yeah. that was just because he was in pain or the car no, no, was the car, damaged, the car or... damaged, and then caught fire, didn't it? Did so, catch, oh, I didn't see caught that. Fire, caught yeah, fire, yeah. So it was like damaged car. But, it, was really damaged. Um, it was Lewis's fault. He turned into Alonso. Absolutely. Oh, and definitely. Alonso was fuming. Do yeah. you hear what he said? Yeah, he's, he's a, he's a, bit, he's he's a bitter only, old man, Alonso. Yeah, yeah, he was like, oh, he's only a driver who can drive at the front. Yeah. And it's funny, Lewis has more wins from not pole position than Alonso has yeah. wins from pole. And I think there was like two or three total. times this season. No, I think it was like two times this season where Lewis started at like P18 and P19, ended up like P5, P4, yeah. P5. We well, started late in like mid-ish, like seventh or eighth in Hungary, and then came second. Yeah, yeah. So he can definitely get himself through the pack with Alonso's just better. Yeah, classic. <laughs> but um, so yeah, that was kind of what was wrong with the car. Do you want to know some? I don't know if you how much you know what, about what was wrong with the. Do you have anything? What wrong with the car? Yeah. Um, other than the stuff that we've spoken about, not overly no. the porpoising, the side pods making the floor having its issue. Yeah. Obviously, now you've told me about the suspension. Other than that, no, I'm sure there's something got, else you've got. But one more thing. And, Can uh, I guess? Okay, try and guess. Okay. I don't think you will get this. You don't think I'll get this? I'll give, should I give you a hint? Yes, go for it. It's, it's the reason that Mercedes were always really slow when, like, you know, on the laps after the pit, like the out laps after pitting and stuff. Yeah. It's the reason why they were really slow and the reason why they were really slow after laps after the safety car and stuff. Must have been something to do with the heat of the tyres then. Yep. Um... But there must be a reason why. Do you know how tyres are heated up? The main way... Look, there's two ways, obviously, tyres are heated up. I feel like... Um, well... So the, the first way you can heat the tyres up are through turning the car, turning, yeah, the friction okay. on the tyre. I felt like that was a too obvious thing for me to say. But yeah. obviously, you've, you, but they heat up the with the tyre... Um, what's it called blanket things but they can only but, do it to a certain degree yeah only to 70 degrees 70 and then degrees. Um, and then obviously with the yeah so with turning the car that heats turning up, the car of um, course that's why they do it and then okay there's technically three ways you can heat the rear tyres up by accelerating quickly yep. spinning the wheels yeah um, so that's and, three so that's two that's two things well the tyre blankets is, I mean on track on track okay on yeah. track and then what what What's a way that you could heat up the front two tyres of the car that's not accelerating and it's not he turning? Heavy braking? Yeah, brakes. Because you have the brakes are built into the tyres, so the heat from the brakes heats up the tyres. Makes sense. So, out of those three things, what do you think Mercedes had an issue with? If it was acceleration, it heat would be driving the, the brakes then, maybe. Or heat from... Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, so they had a thing that was called brake separation issues. Okay. So what this is, is their brakes would heat up at different temperatures. What? Yeah. It's to do with... That makes no sense. Because you're going to put the same pressure. Surely it's going to be yeah. the same pressure it's to on do... all the discs. It was to do with something to do... I can't exactly fully remember why, but basically on outlaps and stuff, the brakes would just warm up at different rates. But okay. then it would be the same thing I think it was to do with the suspension or something there was some airflow or something that was causing that yeah and I, I don't know I should, I should probably look it up after but um, the brakes would warm up at different temperatures yeah. which would mean that you would easily lock up one or the other tyre which meant outlaps you couldn't really push it because if you pushed it one would be able to one side would be able to cope with it the other side couldn't cope with it mm. and you would lock up one of the tyres well what about if neither could cope with it <laughs> 
Well, then you just lock up both so sides. Locking up, yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, I didn't so notice Mercedes... this season being a season full of Mercedes lockups. No, because the drivers are good enough not to lock it up. But mm. if you ever noticed, Mercedes really struggled with tire turn on, because mm. part of turning turning on the tires is getting the brakes up to temperature. Yeah, and they couldn't get the brakes up to temperature at the same rate, and that was causing issues. So that's why they were slowing out laps. Knowledge drop, boom. Yeah. Yeah, but I thought that was also quite Honestly, interesting. This has been the most the, the most informative episode we've done so far. Well, I'm a big Mercedes fan, so yeah, I've got can, a lot to talk about. Can anyone tell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. I yeah. love it. So, okay, so so you'd say those are the main issues. Are, the biggest issues with the car. They were the biggest issues with the car. Yeah. And how do you... Th- okay, let's go from the car to drivers. Mm. How did you feel the performances were? Um, well, I think George did really well. Really well. Considering he got, I think it was 19 out of the 22 races, he was top five. Yeah, that's really, really That's good. incredible. The consistency there is a joke. Yeah, Mr. Consistency. Mr. Consistency. Yeah. No, George Russell definitely. Fantastic. Fantastic. Smashed it. Smashed it. Yeah, great season. Yeah. Lewis played the team game really well because he ran the weird setups. Mm-hmm. He ran the yeah the well basically he ran the weird setups he he was like i'm a new pretty much seller's first half of the season yeah to develop the car which is something that like the great drivers of like kimi raikkonen was good at doing that um michael schumacher especially mm. in like 1993 1993 sorry 1996 to about 1998-99 he would run weird setups just to get ferrari more information and then they built an unbelievable car. It's just something that the great drivers have to do. But the some... thing is, I feel like, yeah, I feel like, I feel like that's not something that Lewis would have been overly bothered about because he'd have gone, look, we know that we're slow, well, slower, and we know that we're not going to win the championship. We may yeah. as well take this time out to. Learn well, he wants the to be at the front. And... Yeah, but you know, a driver who is, he's not famously known for being very bad at this, but mechanics have come out and said that he was. The most difficult person they've worked with. Try and guess. You keep giving me things to guess, and I don't know. <laughs> um, um, I'm. Is it an older driver or a driver now? Older driver. Hmm. Don't know. Tell me. I don't know. I don't know the older drivers as much. Uh, oh, okay. So he's still on the grid. We're still on the grid. Yeah. He's, I bet he's, it's he's old. Old of age. I bet it's Alonso. Alonso, yeah. So Alonso is very, very famously not a team player. Do you want to know a good story about it? So I feel like I'm hating on Alonso a lot here. He's a great, great driver. One of the most naturally talented drivers I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I'd actually probably say Kimmy's a little bit more naturally talented, but Alonso has had a better longevity. Yeah. Um, Alonso at McLaren, Jensen Button said this in, a, in, a, um, in an interview. He said that, because they were driving an awful McLaren Honda. Mm. If Button was beating Alonso in the race, going faster than him, Alonso would retire the car saying there's something wrong with it. The team would be like, no, there's nothing wrong. Why are you retiring? Don't retire the car. Yeah. And he'd be like, no, no, something wrong with it. And he'd just pull off to the side and retire the car. Yeah. Uh, How crazy is that? That's like, that's the definition of throwing your toys out the pram. Yeah. Like, that's so bad. Yeah. And, um... People are people are like, how come when Alonso always joins a team, they never seem to do well? It's because he just doesn't work with the team to develop the car well. Mm. He's 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 a phenomenal driver, and he he did it a bit more in his early career, but just selfish. He just became a bit selfish. 
Yeah. Doesn't sound a bit. It sounds like a lot. Yeah. He used to he used to make at Ferrari. He used to make Massa run different setups to him. And he said he it was he had to make Massa run a different setup to him. So Massa would do the basically do the testing, but they would never run the same setup. That but could was also, he not the first driver? Fair, was he not number one driver at that point? He was number one driver. So. But it's very different to the Schumacher's, the Alonso's, yeah. not Alonso, sorry. The Hamilton. The Hamilton's. Um, the Reckonins. I actually don't know about Vettel. I assume Vettel's a nice guy, so I assume he would do it. But, but do you feel like he'd have done it back in the time when he was winning championship after championship after championship? Well, they didn't need to because they already had the fastest car at that point. Yeah, you only need to do it when you have a slow car. Hmm. Um, but do you reckon he would have? If, he, if they weren't winning it? Do you reckon he would have done it? Yes, Vettel was a lot more driven back in the day and he would have wanted to be at the front. And he probably did do that in 2009 when the car first launched because that was 2009 was a new rule change yeah. in 10, 11, 12, 13, they won. So he probably did do that in 2009. Yeah. But I don't know though. I, I nice, need guy. To, yeah. nice guy. So He's I'm a very sure nice guy. I'm sure he wouldn't mind doing that for and, the sake of the and team. And Alonso is a phenomenal driver. Don't get me wrong. He's just not a team player. Hmm. Um, so, long story short, <laughs> I think Hamilton had a good season. I think George had a oh, good yeah, season. Oh, yeah. Sorry, we were talking about that, weren't we? Yeah. Sorry, carry on. Yeah. So, Hamilton, you think, had a good season considering... Yeah, but still, I think there was still... He still made a lot of mistakes. It was a... It was... It felt a very much like beginning of 2021 where Hamilton made mistakes. Um, but he cleaned it up nearer the end. Yeah. Yeah. We got faster and faster throughout the season, didn't he? Yeah. Well, and then upgrades. he started running proper race setups. Proper and his race setups. pace was always better than George's. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of... If, if you're a fan who didn't watch the races, you'll be like, oh, George did better. Mm. But if you're a fan who watched the races, yeah. you know Hamilton did better. George had a lot fall his way. Yeah. Um, taking nothing away from George. I think George to go against the seven-time world champion and to perform that well yeah. in a car that was so unpredictable. Yeah. Is phenomenal. with new regulations and uh, it's his first season, wasn't it? First season in a front-running car. In a front-running car. So yeah, George did amazing. He did. Um, so as a pair, they they did phenomenal, really. Considering. I think they're the best pair in the grids. Yeah. I think it's either them or Ferrari. The Brits. Yeah. Hell yeah, the Brits. <laughs> but it's uh, it's either them or Ferrari, right? Who are the best dri- best pair best of drivers? Pair. Yeah. Yeah, has to be. Well, do you have any like races of note that you wanted to talk about? Let's talk about Silverstone. Yeah. Let's talk about the crash. Because that was massive. That was the biggest one since Grosjean's one, like a couple of years ago. Because the yeah, because obviously George was involved, so it still sticks on the topic of Mercedes. Yeah. So if you didn't watch it or you don't know what happened, there was a, it was a big crash. It was the Alfa Romeo. It was um, Guan Yu that ended up getting flipped on his head, mm. sliding probably two hundred meters down the main straight, yeah. and hitting the gravel. Kicking up, the car got caught, kicked up, yeah, and slammed into the catchment fence. Yeah, into the catchment fence, which obviously stops. Did it anything job. going into the crowd? Basically, yeah. well, the whole car going into the crowd. I'm sure stones and stuff got kicked yeah, up. Yeah, so basically, what happened was, um, we had. Let me, let me find out what the positions were. So it was Guan Yu was in ninth, George was in tenth, mm. and Gasly was in eleventh. The race started, yeah, and Gasly tried to put his car in between. Guan Yu and George. Yeah. Okay. So then the front right of Gasly's car yeah. hit the back left of George's car, which made George's car veer into the side of Guan Yu's car. And then that's when it flipped on its head. Yeah. So obviously George was out of the race. Yeah. 
It was his fault. It was his fault because he turned in yep. and he tried to block off. So, yeah, because the damage on his car was extraordinary yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think Silverstone's a great one to bring up because I think that up to that point, George has been top five every single race. Every was, race. And I think that if you look on social media, everyone loved George. Mm. And then you had the, that Silverstone issue crash. Yep. Then, I don't know if you remember, George had a couple other crashes where he, um, he was like, this guy just turned into me. I can't remember what the races were. He did the one in Austria. Yeah. It was the one in Austria. Was it, yeah? He, oh my gosh, I do have it here, but I think it was in Austria. Um, but yeah, he, it was one of the, he touched, oh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Perez, actually. They're probably a oh, it Perez. was it was exactly the same as Hamilton had done. It's the same Hamilton did with Verstappen. Oh, with Albon. Albon. Yeah, in Austria. In yeah. Austria. Sorry, it was the same thing. And he, I mean, he turned in, didn't yeah. he? You can see him go like that and turn the steering wheel. And then the funny thing is, is when he when he on the thing goes, oh, I don't know what he's doing. It's like it was very very clearly your yeah. fault. Yeah. Like, um, and I think that George went from the most one of the most liked drivers on the grid to by the end of the season probably one of the most disliked drivers on the grid. Mm. I genuinely think that. He had, an, he had another one as well. He, did he had another one. one. Yeah. He got a punch. What did he do? He turned in on someone. He got a puncture. Yeah, he did, he did something again and then blamed the other guy again. And blamed the other guy again. Yeah. I think George will learn, hopefully, next season. But um, I think that it was, it was interesting to see him go from everyone raving about him to yeah. everyone being happy when something bad happened to him. Yeah. Um, I thought that was just quite interesting. No, absolutely. Yeah. The crash was bad. <laughs> Yeah, the crash was bad. And apparently the, so the halo obviously saved him, but there's supposed to be, behind the driver's head, there's supposed to be a roll. roll it's like a roll loop. A roll loop. And so that failed. Well, it didn't fail, apparently. It, so the actual, the actual, it was actually the carbon fibre that it was connected to. Oh, is that what failed? Is what came off. That's what failed. Oh. So the, yeah, so the actual, yeah, so the actual, so there's obviously glue, there's an adhesive. Yeah. Between, because they don't want to add bolts and stuff. There's an adhesive that sticks the roll loop to the carbon fiber and the carbon fiber underneath the roll loop teared, came off. Oh. That's, so it wasn't actually, the actual roll loop didn't fail. I didn't know that. It was the, yeah. Oh, I thought a roll loop. But the halo, fail. thank God, did save yeah. it. Yeah. I thought a roll loop, but that's really, I, never, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, didn't, I thought a roll loop had just failed. No. But, the roll loop was still fine. Yeah. But it made that, that massive them. divot. Yeah. Because he when he, when they dug into the gravel, his neck would just yeah. Thank God for halos, yeah. mate. How many times have we said? How many times do we say that halo is saving yeah. people? I They're I genius, honestly. It's hilarious because I hated it. I absolutely hated it when it came in twenty eighteen. I was yeah. like, this is the worst thing. All the drivers did. Everyone did. Yeah. I thought it looked so ugly. Yeah. I don't think they look like that ugly. I, I don't. But then I look back at the twenty seventeen car and the twenty sixteen twenty fifteen like all those cars. Mm. I just prefer it. But then you also look at it and you're like, oh my life, the head is so exposed. Yeah. And you're like, how did we ever actually think that that was all right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, think about it. Grosjean saved. Guan Yu saved. Hamilton yep. saved. Leclerc. Leclerc saved. Alonso. Yeah, Alonso. It's so many. Just constant. So many. Yeah. I mean, thank God, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. Grosjean, like, and out of all of them, you're like, well, maybe not. I think Lewis would have definitely died. Yeah. Definitely. The wheel landed on his head. And it would have, like, basically spun and ripped his neck. Yeah. Um, God, was that, she's saying that just yeah. makes me like, I can't, anyway. Guan Yu would have definitely died. 100%. And Grosjean obviously would have definitely died. Definitely like, died. You see that, you saw that in the barrier, you're like... Yeah. To be honest, we, I, th I thought he was 
I thought he was pretty much out when, of I, when I watched when I watched that Grosjean crash live. Um, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I I turned and said to my dad, "We've just seen someone die." Yeah, and then they cut away, and I was like, "Yeah, we've just fully just seen someone die there." Yeah, and I, I thought that too. I've watched a lot of racing. I've never seen someone die live. I've seen it when I've watched. I've watched stuff on YouTube and stuff. I've seen it a lot in like NASCAR and stuff, mm. but. I've never seen someone die. And my dad was saying that um, he remembers the day that Senna died. He remembers it clear as day. Wow. He, was, he was watching it live. Wow. And um, it was just like, it was a, it was a, it's a big crash. It wasn't that big of a crash. Mm. And then... But, but a, a big crash in F1, a, a small crash in F1 is always a big crash. Yeah. But the only reason he died was because the push rod came out and hit, went through the helmet. Yeah. Which is brutal. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. It, just thinking about it, it's making me... Yeah. But like, because what happens is, is the crash happens and then it cuts to a shot of an overhead and you see his head move like that. And you're kind of like, okay, he's probably fine because you just wouldn't expect of all people Ayrton Senna to die because mm. you just had the sort of aura around him. Yeah. And then um, my dad was like, yeah, they just didn't, they just wouldn't show it again for ages. And they kind of like a lot of like, um, Which is a wrong. lot of like people around it and they just wouldn't show it. And then the race stopped, and then, then they carried it on again. And I think I think Schumacher won that race, um, but it was a very like somber podium. And then it was announced later that he died. And um, I forgot. Horrible. I completely forgot about who the also oh, very famous medic who worked in F one for years. And um, I want to say Bert Mylander, but he's the he's a safety car driver. This was like the the medic, and he um, he said that like he was like. Try, they were like trying everything they could with Senna and he kind of just like gave just like deep breath out and he said it, he said he's not religious at all but it was 100% his soul just finally leaving his body kind of thing it oh was this deep exhale and he just kind of left and went oh my god that's absolutely crazy isn't it horrendous yeah but that was like what was, a story yeah it's great and who's the most recent who was the most recent one the reason why they brought the halos in so what was um, his name? Bianchi. Was young. Jules Bianchi. I watched that race live, um, but they didn't show the crash live. But I watched that race live. Okay. And like... What happened? Oh, it's, it's, it's rough. Oh, okay. You don't need to say it. Yeah. Well, I mean... It was we'll talk just, about it later. Yeah. It's, but, but basically, there's... Well, really there's, sad. Yeah. It was yellow flag conditions in the wet. Um, there was a recovery vehicle on track, and he basically hit the recovery vehicle. And they didn't have... Mm. So now... So that's why they've now introduced... He's the reason they brought the virtual safety car in and also the Halo in. Because virtual safety car means you can't go fast in yellow flags. Yeah. Jules was speeding under the yellows. Not speeding, but going quite fast. Lost control of the car and hit it. Right. But that's not his fault. There shouldn't be a recovery vehicle on track while driving on track. Of course. And they've changed all that now. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I mean, it still happened again this season, though, in Japan. Was that the one where the exactly. fire... The fire vehicle... What was the one where the fire... There was a fire car that came out... Yes, yeah, yeah, so that was that one. Was in, that Japan this year? In Japan. In, in Japan? Yeah, I think it was, I thought it was a recovery vehicle, actually. It might be a recovery yeah. vehicle, but it just suddenly went out onto track while everything was still going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so, wait a minute, what? Yeah, and then um, Pierre Gasly was like, what just happened? Because Pierre Gasly's close, one of his really close friends was Jules Bianchi. Mm. So, and then at the exact same track where that guy died, another recovery vehicle was just gone on track in the wet. Oh, no. Same thing. Well, we've yeah. gone off topic. But... Yeah, we have gone off topic, but but yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's quite a depressing topic. But I mean, we can yeah, we can talk about the twenty twenty three car. 
What were your hopes for Mercedes for this year? Well, that they win the championship. That's what, I'm hoping. That's what your hopes. Are. I'm hoping that they come out with a car that again is absolutely groundbreaking, and mm. we end up just going, "Oh my gosh, how the hell have they done this?" Yeah. They're back at the top of the back, of, you know, winning races left, right, and center, and it's a. I don't mind who wins, Russell or Lewis. Really, I mean, I, I prefer Lewis yeah. at the moment, but any when, Mercedes you want? Any right? Mercedes, really. If George wins a championship, I'll be absolutely feet like flying. I love it. Yeah. I um, mean. I don't think that's going to happen. I really, really, really don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I, all I want them to do is just be closer the, yeah. to Red Bull than they were. They're aiming for about, um, you know how I said they're 0.7% off? They're yeah. aiming for about 0.3% off this okay. season. So that's the aim. But, I mean, for the, the first is- few races. Because Toto Wolf said that when he made his press release, he says, uh, we want to eventually be fighting for championships, uh, for the championship. And, he said he specifically said eventually, after a few upgrades they bring in, after about Spanish time, they expect to be fighting for, champ- for the championship. That's massive. But they won't be at the gate, I don't think. No. But uh, do you reckon they'll be faster than Ferrari? No. no, no. Be a... Do you reckon it'll be close? It'll be close. Yeah. But I think, I think that Ferrari are going to have a better season this season. I think Red, Bull, Red Bull are going to be fast, but then Red Bull have got less time to develop the car yeah. because of the cost cap breach. So I think it's all going to come close together at the end. Could be a re- it could be a really good season. It could it's be. always a good season, but it could be like an extra like close season. The classic, classic every single year I tell myself that. Well, it's, going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a really close this, season. This season's the one. <laughs> this is the one. And it okay. only ever came true really in 2021, I guess, mm. where it was like a really close season. But even then it was only close between Max and Lewis. No one else was actually anywhere near them. True. Every single race, they were like 20, 30 seconds ahead. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so, yeah, it was so dominant from both of them, wasn't it, that season? Well, at least they have the best looking car on the grid, in my opinion. Or the second best for you. Second best for me. Best for you. We spoke about this on the last one. Yeah. Um, Yeah, second best livery. I mean, the black, you can't go wrong with all black. Well, actually, I say that. I will never get a black car again. Oh, it's such a nightmare to clean. Well, black. That's what I'm finding really difficult is keeping my car clean. Yeah, you don't. You can't keep white cars are. You would, you'd always think, oh, white car is like um, it's easier. But yeah. also, you you see more dirt on a white car. But you for some reason you actually don't. Yeah. Black cars are harder than white cars to. Yeah, weirdly, yeah. It's weird. Yeah. That was very random. Yeah, we'll probably cut it. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably cut it. <laughs> we'll probably cut that. Yeah, let's just cut that anyway. Um, so I wanted to finish the podcast on another question from Rachel. Yes, love these questions. Yeah, she had a, so she had another one. Um, she goes. Do we need to tell them who Rachel? They probably do know who Rachel is. Yeah, so so Rachel is just a uh, just a random girl, I know. A random girl, <laughs> no, you know. No, Rachel, it's a random girl that JJ knows yeah. that kind of just hangs around. She's just yeah, around. She's it's always really just weird. like she just kind of turns up and just hangs around. Yeah, yeah, she's quite a weird girl. Um, really. No, I'm kidding. But, she's lovely. Yeah, yeah she's all right. <laughs> um, so her question is: uh, Do animals ever come onto the track? Yes. Nice. <laughs> That's your question answered. <laughs> yes, um, they do. <laughs> yes, animals do come onto the track. But yeah, she was like, so what, do animals ever come onto the track? Have they ever really been hit by someone? Um, what happens when an animal comes onto the track? Yeah. yeah. I, don't know if, I don't know if I've seen anyone get hit an animal. Have you seen anyone hit an animal? So uh, you won't know this driver, but um, Sebastian Klein. I think Sebastian Klein or um, something Klein. Yeah. Um, he used to race in two thousands. He was in third place, mm. and he hit a bird, and it broke his front wing, and he had to pit. Oh, 
I feel more, more sorry for that bird. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> that bird. Yeah, <laughs> he had a bad day. Yeah, poor, poor, poor bird. <laughs> poor bird. <laughs> um, oh wow. So, but I've, um, there's definitely times I just can't think. There's definitely times when there's been animals on the train. Yeah, loads of like times. Like running so, across. So in Austria in the 2003, I want to say your memory's incredible. Um, there was a deer on the track. God, that's yeah, massive. Yeah, and um, so Juan Pablo Montoya gets like a, he gets a, his radio engineer goes, there's a deer on the track. And he goes, oh dear. <laughs> oh, and, uh, <laughs> that's only worse than my joke. I know, oh dear. Like, oh um, dear. <laughs> there was once, there's been, there's, at Montreal, there are uh, groundhogs usually come onto the track. It's like, you know, groundhog, like a, I don't know what groundhog is. It's just a groundhog. Is it the thing, is it the guy, what's, what's the Lion King? Um, Pumba. It's not Pumba. <laughs> what? He's a he's no, a, a he's, he's a, a warthog. Sorry, he's a he's warthog. A war- yeah. Is it Pumba? No, it's not Pumba. What, what's his name? Yeah, Pumba is Pumba is the warthog. Pumba is the warthog. But he's not Pumba is not a groundhog. <laughs> he's a warthog. What's a groundhog then? Is it not the similar? It's like a it's like a rabbit on steroids. I think it's a rabbit on steroids. It's, it's a bit like it looks a little bit like. So it's a hair. Hair's it's like a, a hair. It's like a hair. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you get that. It's not Pumba. It's not Pumba. <laughs> Um, and then you've had in India a dog was on track. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, we're just laughing because we've had to cut this like three <laughs> times. <laughs> but, um, but in India, yeah, they had uh, they've had dogs. They've okay. had um, yeah, just dogs. And then uh, been, you have like been birds. Loads of birds. Been yeah, loads, loads of, birds. of birds and stuff. So um, but yeah, yeah, Rachel. Uh, so yes. There are animals, and someone has once hit one, but usually it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, oh, there's lots of people, there's lots of things going on, there's lots of cars, animals probably do keep generally yeah, out yeah. of the way. A good one. They do actually, um, in Singapore, there was a giant lizard on track. Cool. Yeah, it was cool. That's, that is cool. Yeah, well, yeah. Do you know what kind of lizard it was? Was it like a big, like... It's like a Komodo dragon. I Komodo think. dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, they eat people, don't they, Komodo dragons? Do they? Is it the big... They're the big ones, yeah. I think they eat people. Like if you if you got too close to it. Yeah, I think so. Oh damn! Have you not seen in James Bond? Yes. Is that a Komodo dragon, right? I think so. And he goes and they attack the. Per- they How attack- real is it though? Is James Bond? James Bond is one hundred percent real. Oh okay. Everything that happens in James Bond movies is real. Are completely real. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> you you yeah, can't tell me any drop from Adam. <laughs> it's completely real. It's yeah. real. But anyway, well. Thanks for listening to this Mercedes one. We kind of got very sidetracked. Oh, but it was so funny. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Yeah. Um, been a pleasure. And uh, we'll see you for the next one. See you soon.